This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Final hour of power here on this abbreviated edition of Overtime. Rocking with you till 845 tonight before we dish the rock to Tech Talk Live. Talking all things Washington Commanders right now. Thank you all for tapping in with me all show long, man. Brilliant discussion to kick off the show. Talking about head coach Ron Rivera and the comments that he made to the 33rd team uh, earlier today when talking to Coach Wanstead and the comments that he made, man. I was I was taken aback by it. Lucky for us, we get to talk to Ethan Cadeau, NBC Sports Washington uh, Commanders Insider. You can follow him on Twitter. At Ethan Cadell. What's going on, Ethan? What's going on? Can you hear me? I got you, buddy. We've had phone issues all week. The phone monsters must have got you. How you been, though, my man? How was Thanksgiving for you? It was a good Thanksgiving, man. Went back to Maryland. Got to spend some time with my parents, some extended family. Got to see some friends from visiting from out of town. So it was a lot of fun. Good to be back. And here we are after Thanksgiving. Home stretch of the season. Yeah, ready man. to keep it rolling. Before we get on the ball, man, what's what's Ethan's must-have uh, Thanksgiving side? So it's tough because my must-have Thanksgiving <laughs> True side Here he goes. <laughs> is it, it's mac and cheese. Yeah. But I got the brutal news Uh-oh. on Tuesday before that we weren't going to be having mac and cheese what? this year. So I was very bummed. Yeah, it's like the That's same tough. way you can't have Thanksgiving without turkey. <laughs> you can't have Thanksgiving without mac and cheese. So. I was a little bummed, but I will say my grandma makes an excellent stuffing. It was wow. incredible, so that made up for it. But I'm not going to lie, the next day I had to go to KFC and get myself <laughs> a little side of mac and cheese. I was craving it a little bit. I'm not mad at you, my boy. Look, uh, <laughs> I butchered your Twitter name. Follow him on Twitter, at Ethan underscore Cadeau. That's C-A-D-E-A-U-X. Look, Ethan, you're covering a football team right now that are winners of six out of their last seven. We're younger fans. We've been following this team for a while. We were talking earlier on Grant and Danny, man, and they were asking me about the left hand up song. Man, I said, when we look back at this stretch, if it continues to go the way it is, we'll remember the prosperity, but right next to it, we'll remember the song. I'll kick things off with that. What's your feeling on the song? And are you excited about the news that they'll be performing at live uh, at two home games uh, before the season ends? I'm going to answer your second question first. I think that's incredible. Yeah that they're actually performing. I think it's great on the organization to find the guys that made the song, reach out to them. They played the song in the stadium a few times, the Vikings game. Mm-hmm. I, they played it last week too. I think it's really cool that they're embracing it. 
let's be let's call it a spade a spade here. The commander song is way better than the new revamped fight song. It's not even close. Bro, I was saying they should like, make it the fight song. One hundred percent. I'm with you. And I think the funniest thing about the fight or not the fight song, the <laughs> left hand up song is so the first time I heard it, I saw it just on Twitter in like early October, right before the Bears game, mm-hmm. and they were one and four. And this video of the music video, there's like a little clip of it servicing on Twitter. And it was just getting memed into the moon. <laughs> like people were making fun of them, but they were one and four. Like you said, they've won six of seven. They're the hottest team in the NFL right now. That's not an exaggeration. That's just a fact. And everyone's bumping the song. The song's catchy. I think some of the verses are underrated. Everyone just wants to talk about left hand up. Yeah. There's some bars in there. I'm telling I mean, you. A little bit better of a studio, and maybe that song goes a little bit viral. But my own, I have one complaint on the song, and uh-huh. I know I'm going long on such a fun topic. But the name of the song is called Commander's Song. They need to rename it to <laughs> left hand up. Wait, wait, wait. Is that really what it's called? I think that's on something Spotify, that's been lost. It's called on Spotify, it is literally just Commander Song. And on YouTube, that's what the name of it is, too. It needs to be called Left Hand Up. Okay, well, Goody and Big 5-7, if you're out there listening, you got to change the name of the song. Other than that, I think it's flawless. You hit it right on the head. They got some sneaky bars in that, Joan, bro. I was like, man. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy because early on in the season, like you said, I think the prosperity has helped with the success of the song. But like you said, they were getting memed out of the moon. People were bidding on this thing like no other. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to sound like I just know everything, but I always thought it was catchy. Like, I was like, man. Because, yeah. you know, back in the day, I remember DJ Chris Paul used to make the parody songs every week uh, before the games. This is si- something similar to that, but, like, this is real. And they really put their effort into it, and I think it's a bop. I'm with you. I think it's catchy. It, it obviously caught on from the second fans heard it. And it's a lot more fun to play after wins right. and when the team is doing well, like you said. But it's 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 a solid song, man. I'm I'm impressed, and also it's cool that a lot of fans, all we hear on Twitter and a bunch of stuff, is how much they hate the name or this. Right. I feel like the fan base as a whole tends to complain a lot, and it's a lot of it's warranted. The franchise has not been good for several years, right. but this is two fans that embrace the name. Obviously, they love the team and what the team was called before. Then embrace the name, made a song about it. It's not like they just threw it together. And, like, it all happened overnight. Like, there's a music video. They were in the studio. Like, these two dudes really cared about the song. So it's kind of cool to see their efforts be rewarded by the franchise. Ethan, we'll get to the football here now. And, look, winners are six out of their last seven. The beautiful thing about it is this defense is playing at an unbelievable level. And then offensively, we all know, they have a newfound identity. Uh, Something that we've been talking about, E, all show long, man. I'll let you hear it here in a second. Head coach Ron Rivera was on with Dave Wanstead of the 33rd team earlier today and had this mm-hmm. to say about the newfound philosophy that the commanders have. No, it's exactly what the plan was going to be coming out of training camp, but then we had that crazy situation with Brian Robinson where he gets shot and wounded um, and basically misses the first four weeks. If, if people went back and looked at what we had done in the preseason, we were telling people what we were going to be. We were going to be a run-oriented offense. B-Rob had a great training camp, had very good preseason and then that you know that bad situation comes up where he gets shot um and so it took him four weeks before he was back on the field playing for us but it's taken him an additional two or three weeks before he really started to get in sync with the program and understanding you know what he needed to do as a runner for us and our success in my opinion has really taken off as we've we've been able to recommit to the run uh ethan 
What do you think about that, man? I'm not even gonna let. You, I'm not even gonna sway you one way or another. I just want your honest reaction to what he just said. Are you are you buying it or are you selling? So I'm gonna call cap, and I'm not <laughs> gonna say it's the B Rob. I'm not gonna say it's the B Rob big hat cap. Right. But here's what I have to say: They didn't draft Jahan Dotson yeah. in the first round to run motion all day and get one target. Yeah. They didn't go out and acquire Carson Wentz, someone who has a big arm, and they thought would help open up the playbook, literally word for word, and vertically stretch the field so they could run the ball more. They Look, Brian Robinson flashed in training camp in the preseason. He was poised to be the lead back before the unfortunate incident shooting happened. And when he's come back, that's been the case. But they were they started to run the ball week six against Chicago, Obviously, Robinson played. That was only his second game back, though. Right. Gibson's been more than capable of showing he can handle the rock. Jonathan Williams, yes. they all praised him for his effort he had last week against Atlanta in the rain. He came in and provided a nice little flash there. So I think it's easy for Ron to go back and say this was the plan all along when it's worked so well. But let's not kid ourselves. Going into camp, they're going into the season. This team wanted to pass the ball. They wanted to use more play action. They wanted to stretch the field. That's why they drafted a receiver in the first round. That's why they got Wentz. And it's okay that your identity changes throughout exactly. the year to best fit your personnel. Like you're six, six and one in your last seven. Whatever you're doing, keep working. It's winning games. But you, there's no reason to almost be like, yeah, this was our plan. We we're going to run the ball 40 <laughs> times, try and control time of possession. Like. I just don't think that was the case at the beginning of the year. I mean, they had once throw it nearly 50 times in the first game, and I don't think that number would have been in half if Brian Robinson had played. Ethan, I completely agree with you. I, I summed it up to this, bro. I was like, you know, in sports, specifically with Ron Rivera, just men in sports in general, though, it's hard for us to admit fault and when we're wrong. And there's nothing wrong with this. We all have egos. We all want to be right. I said it earlier jokingly. I know I'm never wrong. You know what I'm saying? So when you yeah. look, and Ron has showed the ability to adjust during this time period. Like, that took a lot of strength out of him and this coaching staff to say, hey, look, our original play is not working. Let's construct something new. They deserve credit for that. But to sit there and act like this was the plan from the get-go, it just, it just frustrates me because every time he talks to the national media, it just feels like it's always, like you said, some area and some sentence rock and say, you're a captain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like I said, there's nothing wrong at all with changing your identity throughout the year, but there's just also no reason to be like, this was the plan from the get-go. Yes, Robinson was going to have a big role in the offense at, in week one, but also Carson Wentz was still going to throw the ball downfield, right. and they were still going to do play action, and they were still going to target Curtis Samuel a bunch and Jahan Dotson, and they were getting Terry McLaurin, that chemistry with Wentz. Like, this was all real things happening a few months ago, and I'm happy it's working for them. I'm happy they're winning games. It makes your job easier. It makes my job a hell of a lot easier yep. when they're winning games. But there's, it's just like you don't have to say that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Like it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. And I thought they they deserved credit for you know cutting bait with William Jackson at the point that they did. You can you can line that up with the success in the turnaround of this defense. That was a I called it a big stones move, man, to admit mistake in a huge free agent signing. And saying, hey, look, sometimes you just got to chalk up your losses. And ultimately, that decision ends up helping the team as well. Uh, want to stick on the current product, though. When is the six out of their last seven? They got a big game Sunday against the New York Giants. What was the injury report from today in Ashburn? I got you, yeah. So, Antonio Gibson was probably the biggest news. He was a DNP with a foot injury today 
after practicing limited yesterday. We spoke with him after he said he thinks there's a plan in place. He's going to be ready to play on Sunday, so don't sound the alarms just yet. Okay. Uh, Scott Turner said the same thing about him, but that's something to keep an eye on. It doesn't look like Benjamin St. Juice is going to be able to play. He's still dealing with that ankle injury that cost him last week. Hasn't practiced either day. Same with Trey Turner with a knee, ankle, and Dax Milne with a foot. So I think there's a chance we could see Alex Erickson elevated from the practice squad again to handle punt return duties. And if Trey Turner is not able to play, that means Sam Cosme, who's been in this weird rotation with Cornelius Lucas at right tackle, where they've been splitting like 50-50, which makes no sense. It's amazing. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Sam Cosme, he told us yesterday that he will, in this scenario, most likely shift over to right guard for the time being. And then Scott Turner all but confirmed that today, saying we want to have our best five out there. And if Trey's unable to go, we're going to move Sam to right guard and have Cornelius man right tackle. So I am intrigued. I know there are some people that feel like uh, Cosme long-term could be a guard. So that that's interesting to watch. But those are the guys I'm keeping an eye on. And, of course, I can't go the whole injury report without mentioning Chase Young. Yeah. Limited both days. I feel like every week his debut is 50-50 in the air. I don't think I'm going to believe he's playing until I see him in uniform on Sunday. But hopefully he's trending in the positive direction where he gets out and plays 12 to 15 plays this weekend. I have an interesting scenario with you on the Chase Young thing, Ian. Tell me what you think about this. You know, I've torn my ACL before, and I, I don't know if you have as well. Have you? Have that you, makes two of us. Yeah, so I, I know you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we both torn it <laughs> twice. You know, yeah. when you're first trying to come back from this thing, I, I don't know if I would love him playing this week for, for a couple of reasons. One, we all know the turf situation at MetLife. I mean, it's awful. Everybody league-wide is complaining about it. Odell Beckham started a whole damn smear campaign about the place. <laughs> Um, but then this other aspect of it, he plays this week, right? And then you have the bye week, right? And then you play again. He's not going to have a bye week for the remainder of the season. So why even mentally trick the body to think that you're going to have this much time to recover after playing? That's a fair point. I hadn't thought of it that way. I think I agree with you, honestly. I, I don't know how I didn't process the fact that the bye is next week. If you hold him out this Sunday, you get another week, and then you really gear him up for the final four games. I like that plan. I'm with you. That turf at MetLife is terrible. They're changing it to a different form of grass or turf. They haven't decided yet, but the current turf is leaving after this year, so the players know it stinks. We've seen so many stars get hurt there, re-injure themselves, just Nick Bosa, Sterling Shepard, et cetera, et cetera. I don't feel confident that he's going to be playing on the turf, and I wouldn't feel confident if I were him, that being my first test back. Right. Like, as as much as you can, like, build yourself up mentally to being, like, I'm ready off a torn ACL or an yep. Achilles or another major injury, you don't know until you're truly out there and right. you're in the live action. And, like, we both can attest to it. We're obviously not NFL players, but, like, the first time I returned to playing any type of sports with this bulky brace, like, <laughs> it takes some reps before yeah. you truly trust that leg again. And I'm at the, like months. I don't think he's fully going to trust that leg again until next fall at this point, but you want to see him out there. He's obviously a big play waiting to happen. We all know what he's capable of, but like you said, the external factors in this case, I'm not sure it's the best decision to to play him, even if he's good to go, just based on this overall cautious approach the team has taken with him up until this point. Uh, We're talking to Commander's Insider from NBC Sports Washington, Ethan Cadell. You can follow him on Twitter at Ethan underscore Cadell. Side note, 
stunning right now on the Twitcom, my boy. I see you. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> um, let's talk about Taylor Heineke here before we, before we let you go, man. In a nutshell here, grade his performance uh, from last week against the Falcons. See? See, I feel like that's yeah. fair. He started off really well. That throw to Terry across the middle on their first offensive play was great. Uh, the touchdown pass to John Bates was great. The pat- touchdown pass to Brian Robinson was pretty much all Robinson. But, right. you know, it still looks good. That interception is literally the only reason why he's at a C for me. That's just a terrible yeah. throw, a terrible decision. He admitted as such. He's like, there was guys in the flat. I should have just thrown to them. All year, ever since Heineke's been in the lineup, one constant Ron Rivera has preached is just take what's in front of you. Yep. We'll live to see another play. You don't have to be a hero ball. Heineke even said on the interception, he told us this on Wednesday, that was a low-risk, high-reward throw that I shouldn't have made. He admits it. But we've seen at least one of those type of throws every, week. every single week from yep. him. And sometimes he's able to get away with it. Sometimes he's not. And fortunately, they're still able to win the game. It landed and score points off that possession. But that's just something you can't make. And he knows it. I don't have to, like, none of us have to tell him. Right. But that, that's the reason why he's, he didn't have a great game. Because that was, you could have got points there. Yeah. You get points there. That completely changes the rest of the outlook of the game. And it's just... Every single time you think, oh, Heineke's elevating his game, he's taking another step, he just makes a throw like that, that kind of reminds you why he's been the backup these past two years. He's an ex- I think he's an excellent backup, but a starter you wouldn't want to go a full 17 weeks with, which is totally fine. number of guys have made great careers doing that. I think he's next in line to do so. But it's just those turnover-worthy throws, I just can't get those out of my head. Yeah, you're preaching right now because I was we were doing Burgundy and Gold Game Day live while, while the game is happening, and as the as he throws the interception, I almost wanted to throw my headset. I mean, it feels like like you said, it's every week, and I'm wondering, man, they've been living life on the edge. I know we're happy with the fact that they've won six out of their last seven, but I just am of the belief, man. And I'll let you go on this one. I feel like we're one Taylor Heineke bad performance away, coupled with a loss from then saying, "Here, Carson, go, go ahead and save us." I don't know if we're one. I think if we're back-to-back, rough performances. If they lose both these games to the Giants and Heineke doesn't play well in either, I could see them turning back to Carson for the stretch run. But I don't think Ron's looking to pull Heineke. And I don't think one bad game, especially with the bye week coming up, I don't think that's enough to go back to Carson. But I also am firmly in the belief that Heineke's job as QB1 is a week-to-week thing. I don't, yeah. Nowhere has Ron said he's the start of the rest of the year. That's been intentional. Carson's been – they've been easing him back in. He's still not even on the active roster yet. But I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him again at some point this year. Real quick, do you think they win Sunday? I I, I think so. Yeah. I, but maybe I'm getting stuck in, stuck in the Ashburn. Syndrome. Right. The, the one thing I will say, real quick, uh-huh. if they can slow Saquon Barkley, they're going to win. Right. Saquon's averaging 113 rushing yards and Giants wins, 49 rushing yards and Giants losses. It's not a coincidence. Wow. It's just a fact. If you stop Saquon, you're going to beat the Giants. Daniel Jones somehow turns into Joe Montana every time he plays Washington. I think that ends this year, though. Yeah, man, look, I appreciate you giving us some time. The interesting nugget on the Daniel Jones thing. He scares me because they, <laughs> they struggled with Mariota and Reed Option. Uh, we'll catch up yeah. soon, my brother. Appreciate it as always. Definitely always love talking ball with my man Ethan Cadeau. Give him a follow on Twitter at Ethan underscore Cadeau. And make sure you check out his work at NBCSportsWashington.com. Always does a tremendous job. Y- y- y'all heard me compliment the boy on his 
on the Twitcon and his avatar. Did you see the way the hair is slicked back? I see you, E. Look, we'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show here with a couple of things. We'll pick some of the games from this week uh, in the NFL, and then we'll let you hear some Jack Rio audio talking about Chase Young and his expectations for him uh, when he does eventually return. We'll wrap things up here next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Big thanks to Ethan Cadeau of NBC Sports Washington. He covers the commanders for them. He hopped on with us at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. If you missed any of that, no problem. You're in luck. You can use the Odyssey Rewind feature. The podcast will be up shortly after the show as well. We'll wrap things up here talking about the Washington commanders and Chase Young was something that I talked to Ethan about. We both are uh, in agreement that, look, I don't think he should play this week. Uh, I brought out another reason that I hadn't really said publicly. Because I've torn my ACL, I kind of understand how this thing goes a little bit. Them playing him this weekend and then having the bye week to recover and rest, I think kind of throws you off your equilibrium. Because he's not going to have a bye week for the remainder of the season. He's going to have to gear up and get his body ready to go in six days. He's not going to have this extended break. So I think even allowing him to play right now kind of throws off the body clock for him. And I think it'll maybe trick his body into thinking like, yeah, I have this much time to recover. And yeah, it's going to take this long to recover. I just think it's something that you wait till after the bye. Home stretch is there. You don't have to play on that ratchet New York Giants facility with with the ugly turf that they have. I just think it all makes sense for him to just wait it out one more week here, or really technically two more weeks until the second meeting at home uh, against the Giants. Jack Dorio, every time he takes the podium, uh, is asked about Chase Young. He had some interesting comments uh, about his return today, though. Uh, play hard. You know, do the best he can to help the team. You know, I, I think um, – the biggest thing is not not to make it about him personally as much as just come out, give great effort, you know, fit into the rotation, um, and uh, and do and do your job, you know, and that's what our guys have been doing, which is allowing us to play well, and uh, that's not going to change. That's Commanders defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio on the expectations uh, for defensive end Chase Young when he returns. Interesting answer from Jack Del Rio. Uh, the thing that I took away and, and what really stood out to me was him saying, look, you can't mess up what's currently going on right now for the Burgundy and Gold. I completely understand that. He said, quote, doesn't need to make it about him, but play within the scheme and do his part just like the unit has been doing all season. If you remember last year, the production for Chase Young before he got hurt wasn't wasn't too impressive. Finished with a sack and a half. And the big thing that Ron Rivera continued to talk about last year was the maturity of this football team. And I think specifically he was talking about this commander's defensive line. Chase Young, last year, love him, by the way. I think he's one of the emotional leaders of this football team, and I can't wait till he returns. But I'm still waiting to see 
is he going to play within the framework of this defense? Because last year, when you talk to people internally within that building, and Chase will even admit it, there was some freelancing going on while rushing the quarterback last year with Chase Young. And that can't happen, especially in a defense like this that relies so heavily on their gap integrity. You got to rush the quarterback with discipline. That's why they were able to have success against a mobile guy like a Jalen Hurts uh, on Monday Night Football. That's what they've done best this year. They did it against Mariota as well. This defense right now, specifically this defensive front, is humming. They're playing selfless. It's about we, not me. Nobody has an ego. And look, my, my one high school coach, Ray Fowler, used to always say, the play don't care who makes it. That's the mentality that they've adopted along this commander's defensive line. I think it's a legitimate you know, question and concern. Like, can Chase Young come in and fit seamlessly? Now, early on, right away, he's probably only going to play on obvious passing situations, third down and long. So I expect him in those situations to come in and do his job. If he does, if he represents any bit of an upgrade over James Smith-Williams and Casey Tuhill, who, by the way, are balling right now, then this defense is going to be super-duper scary. I just personally feel like, man, it's time for Chase Young. When he comes back, I know it's going to take time for him to feel comfortable. But from an effort standpoint, I know what he's going to give me there. He plays hard. He plays the run game really well. He's going to chase down plays. I want to see, did he learn any new, any new tricks as a pass rusher? What did he learn from going out to Colorado and working with Von Miller? What did he add to that toolbox of his? Because that's going to be the difference maker moving forward for Chase Young. We know he can play with great effort. We know he's got a high motor. But when we're talking about elite pass rushers that have impacts on football games, i.e. Watt up in Pittsburgh, i.e. Miles Garrett up in Cleveland, when you talk about those guys, Von Miller, the list goes on and on. When you talk about the premier elite edge rushers in this league, it's not just about playing the run. You got to have impact uh, on football games and sack the quarterback on a consistent basis as well. Ultimately, I do think Chase Young is going to take some time to get it going. But don't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he came in and make plays right away. The kid is uber talented. Like, there's no doubting that. He's a freak. He's got the height, weight, speed. I just wonder, like Ethan said, look, and I know it. I can speak to it as well. When you have that brace on, it becomes a little bit more difficult uh, to move, and you got to get used to it. So it's going to take some time uh, to see Chase Young get back to that 2020 Defensive Rookie of the Year form. Before we get out of here, we'll pick the games. Uh, from this weekend in the NFL. Right now, Bills and Patriots underway on Thursday Night Football. Bills currently up 3 nothing early on, uh, midway through the first quarter, excuse me. Josh Allen, 3 of 5, 48 yards. Got a big-time completion to Naheem Hines for 21. That one's going to be a slugfest. I think the Bills ultimately close it out and get it done. But it wouldn't shock me if the New England Patriots found a way to pull off the upset. Sunday, let's move to that big slate of games. A lot of goodies on Sunday. This one, not a goodie. Steelers and Falcons, I really can give a damn about this game. I think the Falcons last week got their uh, hearts taken out by the Washington Commanders. Their playoff shots are pretty much over. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Kenny Pickett finding a rhythm here. Najee Harris getting going a little bit in the running game. That George Pickens is a menace, and we all know who T.J. Watt is. I expect them to wreak havoc on Marcus Mariota. This is a really interesting one. 1 p.m. kickoff on Fox. Packers on the road taking on Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields has been a damn revelation uh, ever since they played the Washington Commanders. <laughs> it's been really, really fun to watch. 
He was a no-go last week in the game against the Jets. He's dealing with a separated shoulder. He was listed as a full participant in today's practice session. So all signs pointing toward Justin Fields getting the start Sunday against Green Bay. The other quarterback in this game, Aaron Rodgers, though. You know, he left last week's game with the rib injury. He was on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week and said, I do expect to play. I expect him to play as well. I don't expect the Packers to win, though. I think Justin Fields right now is on a heater. I wonder if this Packers offense can keep up with Justin Fields and the Bears. Give me the Bears at home. Uh, they're Green Bay land three and a half right now via FanDuel. Uh, I think the Bears cover that and get the win. Jaguars and Lions, the game between two teams who don't know whether or not they suck or they're mediocre. Uh, last week we saw the Jaguars' last second win against the Ravens. The Lions gave the Bills all they could handle on Thanksgiving. It's an interesting game. I think Trevor Lawrence is beginning to turn a corner. But if I look at each of these rosters on paper, the Lions are just better to me. They have a physical, nasty style. They want to run the football smack at you. Jonathan Williams, I did not have it on my bingo card that he was going to be the one leading the entire National Football League in touchdowns after 12 weeks of play. Uh, he's got 13 tutties on the year. That's absolutely ridiculous. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars to lose on the road against the Lions. I like the Lions. Big one on CBS, 1 o'clock kickoff. Jets and Mike F. and White. On the road, taking on Kirk Cousins in the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings 5-1 at home this year. They've been on a heater when they play uh, at U.S. Bank Stadium. Kirk Cousins playing good ball. Justin Jefferson is out of his mind. Think about that treat of a matchup we get to watch. Sauce Gardner right now, the front runner uh, for Defensive Rookie of the Year, gets to go up against clear-cut best wide receiver in football right now, Justin Jefferson. I like the Vikings to show what they're made of. I think they win this football game. Too much offense, I think. For Mike White. And then that brings us to East Rutherford. MetLife Stadium, 1 o'clock kickoff on Fox. Commanders and Giants. I'll be quick here with this one. I think the Commanders got this thing going on right now. Something's hot. I, I smell what they're cooking. Taylor Heineke, as long as he doesn't turn the football over, they'll win. I think that they're just better than the Giants. Eagles and Titans. I like King Henry and company to go on the road and take down the Eagles. That'll be my upset pick of the week. Derrick Henry's been a load to stop, and we know the Eagles can't stop the run. Uh, 1 p.m. kickoff on CBS, Broncos and Ravens. Ew. Two offenses that have been meh, to say the least. The Broncos the Broncos got to get right at some point. I think the Ravens isn't the week that they do it, though. The weirdest game on the slate. The weird guy. They can't stop touching people. Deshaun Watson. Making his return to Houston against the Browns. I think Houston gets the dub. It's one of those things. He hadn't played since preseason. And when we saw him then, he was meh. I like the Texans. Seahawks and Rams, I think the Seahawks are fighting for their playoff lives. They have more to play for. I like them against the Rams. Dolphins and 49ers, arguably one of the best games of the weekend. Give me the Dolphins on the road. I think they got too much offense for the secondary. Then this is the real game of the week. Cincinnati at home against the Chiefs. Give me the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow's got it going on right now. That's going to be a good one. Chargers and Raiders, who cares? Colts and Cowboys, who cares? I like the Cowboys, and I like the Chargers. That's going to do it here on this Thursday night edition of Overtime. Coming up following me is Tech Talk Live. The Kraken uh, taking on the Caps. Stay up late for that one. And Thursday night football is underway. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.